0: Hello and welcome. This is the Yoga Revolution podcast. My name is Jeevana Heyman. My pronouns are he and him. This podcast is an exploration of how we can live yoga right now and how we can apply the yoga teachings in our lives. We'll discuss the intersection of yoga and social justice, as well as how to build a practice that supports our activism. All my guests are contributors to my new book, Yoga Revolution, Building a Practice of Courage and Compassion. Thanks so much for joining me. Let's get started. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the Yoga Revolution podcast. Thanks for joining me today. I'm very excited to have our special guest today, Amina Naru. Hi, Amina.
1: Hi, Jivana, Thank you for having me.
0: Yeah, thanks so much for being here um i wanted to introduce you though i want to read your bio which i know is kind of boring when people do that embarrassing (laughs) (laughs) you can fill in the gaps all right i'll just say okay so let's see here amina naru e-r-o-i-t y-a-c-e-p the owner of posh yoga in wilmington delaware co-founder of retreat to spirit active member of the board of directors for accessible yoga association yay uh, and works as a trauma sensitive yoga teacher, wellness educator, and workshop facilitator. Her professional um, what does that say? Did I write that expertise. wrong expertise? Her expertise is in the field of community uh, of yoga service for communities, juvenile detention centers, and adult prisons. She's the first black woman to implement curriculum- based yoga and, and mindfulness programs for juvenile detention centers in the state of Delaware. And Amina is a contributor to the Best Practices book series for the Yoga Service Council and Omega Institute. She also served as project manager and contributor for Yoga and Resilience, empowering practices for survivors of sexual assault or sexual trauma. Um, Amina is a co creator of Yoga Journal online course Yoga for Self Care and has been featured in publications like Yoga Therapy Today and Yoga Journal. You can find her at poshyoga.com. and actually, we'll put a link in the show notes to your website and anything else we talk about today. So how did I do? That's pretty funny, huh? Having someone read that.
1: (laughs) You did great. You did good. Thank you.
0: Yeah, that's a lot of exciting things. Um, So I'm excited to talk to you about all that today, you know, Mm -hmm. around this, especially around issues of trauma and yoga and that, that relationship. Um, I wondered if we could start, if you would mind reading your contribution to my book, because I feel like that's a great way to launch this conversation.
1: Sure. Okay. My yoga practice has excavated internal space and knowledge that has allowed me to show up for others who have suffered and lived with adverse patterns and behaviors. Yoga began to peel back the layers of emotional, physical, and psychological debris that were haunting my relationships and stunting spiritual growth. Once I was able to see my own struggles, resistances and patterns, I was able to do the work in my life off the mat. I discovered a deep well of passion to serve and compassion for people as my rigid and limited mental programming became more flexible and expansive with empathy, understanding, patience and oneness. It is from this well and my self practice, self care practices, that I am continually supported in my work for humanity.
0: Wow, that's so beautiful. You really touch on so many of the themes in the book, actually. There, how how does that make you feel reading it back?
1: You know, um, when I wrote that, I remember feeling um, like taken back to. The first day of my, you know, stepping on my mat and, you know, the um, the journey that I, I went through, um, you know, with my practice. Um, so reading it and reading it now is like, wow, I've come a, come a long way <laughs> from you know from from that um, from that time and and how far yoga has um, taken me like as a career, um, just from doing the internal work like there's a a career that actually came out of it, you know? Um, so that's super impressive to me, um, because the hard work was my own internal work, you know? So when I Mm -hmm. step out the door every day and, um, step into, um, the, um, juvenile detention center, or if I'm going into adult prison, it's like, that's kind of the easy part because, I already did the internal work and I continue, you know, doing the uh, internal work, the self-study, so I can be able to show up authentically and help other people hold space, actually just holding space.
0: Mm-hmm. Can you talk about that more? So it does seem like there's a really important relationship between our internal practice and the way we show up in the world. And that's, that's actually the theme of the book, to be honest, that that really summarizes it right there. It's like how our internal spiritual practices reflect in our actions and, and in our service. And I feel like you're really getting to that clearly. So could you say more like, what is it that can you, I don't know, give an example, like what happens if you haven't done the work or, or what, like, yeah. Do you have any experience? Yeah. Yeah.
1: What it looks like when you haven't done the work is, um, say you're a yoga teacher and you show up in the space to, to do a class and you, uh, don't have a connection with your um, students Um, or you are teaching from a piece of paper (laughs) and you're, and you're following, I mean, how many classes have you been to where you've seen the teacher, they're looking at their notes, right. But, but not teaching to who is in the room, you know, Um, uh, that there's this definite disconnect that your students can pick up on um, when you are not Present or in in your body, or have done the um, the internal work to peel back some of your own uh, issues with trauma. Mm-hmm. Um, it could look like um, not having uh, uh, not being able to communicate well, well as in. Authentically, you know, like um, speaking uh, how you feel, or picking up on um, the energy that's happening inside of the room that may need uh, your attention, or to be able to address something. How about when, um, which happens in in my line of work, um, almost on a regular basis, there is a uh, disturbance in the room. You're yeah. you're going through your class, everything's moving along you know, and all of a sudden, you know, someone has a, um, an emotional breakthrough or, um, uh, a trauma breakdown, breakthrough breakdown, you know, and it shows up mm-hmm. as maybe uh, that person uh, being loud or disruptive, um, or distracting the room, the, the rest of the class in a certain way. Um, someone who has done the work or have trauma trained, will be able to navigate those type of situations um in the safest possible manner for that person and for the rest of the room. Mm-hmm. So it can look, can show up in, in many different ways when you're not doing the work. You're not uh, having yeah. um, empathy and compassion for other folks. So maybe something comes up and you're you're not able to hold space for that person, like, um, maybe something emotional is shared within the class and you, you just jump right over it and go to the next pose or to the next thing, you know, without making space or or time to, um, to address the needs of that person.
0: Yeah. I appreciate that. And I, and then
1: in the the real world, like when I say real world, I mean like out in, Uh, (laughs) you know, public, like we see it all the time. Right. You know, we, we have our practice or a contemplative practice and, um, you know, sometimes you can tell when you're like, well, this person may be at this stage of their practice, if they are practicing, right. Where, um, you know, the, I I listen for the I, the I, 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 (laughs) Mm -hmm. you know, in, in conversations, I, this, I, that, I, you know, that, that is a um, indicator to me where people are in their practice, Um, or if they have a practice at all, you know? Um, But we all go through the same types of emotions and, you know, we're we're having similar experiences, right? Mm -hmm. And it's through our practice, which will um, determine how we show up for those experiences.
0: I just want to go back to something you just said about the I, 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 the, or how the ego shows up, because I feel like that's such an important point, and you said it, and then you kind of laugh because I think you realize how important it is, or something. Like it seemed like it kind of got you too. And I would yeah. just say, like, it's it to me. I think it's complicated or feels complicated because we do need to care for ourselves and that's what our practice is, right? Our practice is a form of self care, but it sometimes gets confusing because it feels like it's about the ego. It's about me. And so I feel like what I see, I don't know how to say this, what I see sometimes get lost in the conversation out there in the world around yoga and self care and wellness is really trying to clarify how like what self care really is authentic self-care that will allow you to make a deep internal connection so you can be of service versus egotistical part of self-care. You know what I mean? Like the part that's just making it about me. Like, like you said, like that, ego. my ego, like self-care too. You know what I mean?
1: <laughs> right. Yeah. Our egos like to be stroked and we want to, you know, there's nothing wrong with, because i uh, well, I'll throw it in there. Cause we were always talking about, um, getting a massage or, you know, getting a pedicure and you get your nails done, or I'm getting my hair done, you know, um, in, in some sense, that's, that's an ego stroke, right. As, as well as it does feel good. But for me, it's not lasting self-care, you know? So we're talking about self-care practices that are, are lasting and are making an impact in who you are, right. On, on, a um, on a, on a higher level, higher level, meaning like I'm doing my self-study work, right? Uh, we're going through our yamas and niyamas and, and, um, through meditation, I'm determining what my body needs for my self-care. Okay. So meditation for me is sitting still and focusing on breath. Um, sometimes I throw a mantra in there. Um, at, I do um, a transcendental meditation practice. I also have been um, trained in Vipassana. So it's like determining. So now I got these tools in my box, right? You know, when I first started, I only knew one way to meditate. And now I have these other different uh, versions where I'm like, okay, now I I need to focus more on this, I'll pull that tool out and do a complete body scan. I'm just doing Vipassana. So what comes up for me is how to navigate my next move, which my, my self-care practice. Like, okay, I have determined through this meditation, I'm dehydrated. I need more, I need to drink more water. And that's self, that's what self-care can look like for me on any given day. I can determine that I am super sleepy or I'm tired like, you know, and when we're going, 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 sometimes we don't even realize how tired we are, right? And you just go to bed at night and wake up and you do it all over again. But it's in uh, the meditation practice when we have to sit still and actually um, focus on our internal well-being that, you know, you'll notice like, oh, I'm like dozing off through my meditation. The body is going to take and and ask for what it needs, you know, when we can get still and quiet. Um, But a lot of us don't have that time or space or don't take that time or space. Okay. And and that's part of the self-care for me.
0: But but what about if it's a real trauma, like you mentioned in your, in that quote you read, um, the work started with myself first and my own demons, the practices of yoga began to peel back the layers of emotional, physical and psychological debris they were haunting my relationships and scenting spiritual growth. So I think it's more than, so, so I think you're talking about self-care. But that
1: was maintenance.
0: That was maintenance. Yes. Okay. So how, this deeper work, how does that happen for you? Like, how did that happen for you?
1: Well, um, uh, it, it gets a little like on a personal level, right? Because. And uh, I had to take a breath. <laughs> it's like we're we're gonna get I'm, I'm gonna get vulnerable. <laughs> but yeah, only
0: if you want. Only if you want. Only if you're comfortable no. with that. I, don't, I You know. No, this is
1: this is my story, and you know we go through things um, to heal from them and to be able to come out and share with other folks so they can also find liberation. Um, so um, in my relationships, which have been brought to me before, with that I didn't see like oh you're very controlling you have control issues <laughs> and I'd be like I don't think so like no it has to always go your way and if it doesn't go your way then you don't want to participate or you know you, you won't do it and I'm like I don't think so well when I started doing yoga that's just one thing <laughs> that's just one yeah. and when I yeah. started doing yoga um you know uh, the physical asana practice those things were showing up on the mat You know, like I'm in uh, a challenging pose, maybe warrior two, and, you know, it's not going well for me. My first reaction is I stop, I back off, you know, Um, Mm -hmm. and that's how I was showing up in life. And, you know, when I started to um, uh, connect the Dharma from the teacher with my practice I was able to connect the dots and see, you know, where uh, I was showing up, how I was showing up in life, that it was also mirroring how I was showing up on my mat. Um, Mm -hmm. So after, uh, you know, I realized this control thing, I was like, okay, uh, let me see how I can work with that. The more I showed up on the mat, the more layers got peeled back and I I began to soften. I didn't even know I was rigid, you know, you know, I didn't know I was rigid until the layers started to peel away and I felt more open, um, uh, softer. I could communicate better uh, on, um, emotional levels as far as like, um, having real meaningful conversations with family members without wanting to run away or, or, um, or hide or, not be vulnerable um I, my mom my mother was um a heroin addict for over 20 years so i grew up you know in a household experiencing complex traumas and um i i realized that the control issue was um uh, a, a trauma um response you know and going back to to, mm-hmm. to tell my mother about it and you know her apologizing and saying she had been she had been Mm -hmm. clean for a while but when when i made this like discovery like oh my gosh like all these traumas this is what's showing up this is why i act this way and why i can't you know soften and allow people to be who they are without trying to control them Mm -hmm. you know and um yeah sorry i i digress
0: that's okay that was that that wasn't digressing. I actually think what you just revealed was very powerful. You talked about you know some childhood issues, the trauma you had, and how that impacted your behavior now and I think it's it's hard to see those connections often you know it's funny how relationships show them often you know it's exactly. like it's, yeah, yeah, my husband is usually the one showing me. <laughs> <laughs> But that, that's actually what this chapter is about of my of the book um, of Yoga Revolution um, is called Honest Reflection. And I am basically trying to address Svadhyaya or self-study, but in a really very um, matter of fact way, which is to look at this part of the practice of how do you how do you look at yourself honestly? Without a critical eye, actually, not not for criticism, but honestly, with, with, with actually with loving kindness, to see you know how you've yeah, how you've had trauma. How, we've all had it. We've all had some trauma, and how we've responded, like wow, exactly what you just said, and then to start to realize that that's how we can grow. Is like when we do f- fall, that it, we can learn from that and we get back up. And um, I share a lot of, like my vulner, most vulnerable part of the book is here, this section too. So I appreciate what you just shared because this is a chapter where I talk about coming out of the closet as a gay man, you know, when I was 17. And I talk about um, my anxiety attack, which was just a few years ago, um, which was really, you know, landed me in the ER right. after being a yoga practitioner for like 30 years. And I was just like, and the story I tell is like, I got to the emergency room and I thought I was having a heart attack, actually. I mean, I can't, I couldn't believe it wasn't something physical. And when the doctor told me, he he came back, he said, we've done all the tests. And, you know, I think, we, we think you had an anxiety attack. And I laughed at him <laughs> and I said, I'm a yoga teacher. I can't have, a, it became having an anxiety attack. You know, it was like, I just laughed, you know, just, I couldn't believe that. And I thought, wow, you know, I have more work to do. Which is what this book really came out of like that experience literally was the beginning of this book where i i felt like i needed to start again mm-hmm. you know what i mean it was like starting over my mom had just died which had a huge impact on me i just turned 50. my daughter was really struggling with her mental health and that just had a major impact on my life um and i don't talk about her very much to protect her privacy but i'll just say that you know it was overwhelming. It was an overwhelming time. But it really made me reflect on the way I was practicing, which wasn't really supporting me. My practice wasn't. So I had to kind of just start it, start again. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like I love, that's why I put your quote here because I just felt like you really got to it so clearly, like you just did again with your sharing. I mean, you're so honest <laughs> and straightforward. It's amazing. Um, but you immediately made that connection, which I appreciate.
1: Yeah, but which is know,
0: also yeah. Go ahead. And I was
1: going to say yeah. that because something you said struck me. Because um, when you were in the hospital and they told you you had an anxiety attack, and you were like, "No, I'm a yoga teacher. I, I that can't be," you know. Um, how I also felt like I should never be angry. You know, it, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm not allowed to be angry. You know, <laughs> you know because I'm I have this practice. I'm peace. I'm love. I'm light. I, you know, I do these things, you know, I do this work, you know, and then there would be anger comes up and I would, I think I'm dealing with it. And this is uh, when I first came out teaching. I think I'm dealing with it, but really I was just bypassing. I was putting it away, putting it to the side and, and doing something spiritual, you know, um, Mm -hmm. to make up for it. So, when my mom passed, my I mm-hmm. I had to put the whole practice to the side because I would have bypassed my, um, you know, all of the emotions that I was feeling, and and you know the um, all of that um, stuff, yeah. the word I'm looking for um, not guilt, but it's um, yeah everything yeah yeah all of because right <laughs> when when our parents pass, it's like the whole world yeah. comes tumbling down on you and all of the uh, yeah. emotions that pop up and so i didn't want to because that's what i found i was trying to do was to use my yoga practice to get through it but that's not what was happening right i was going around all of that that emotion yeah. and that loss
0: well but when you say that that's okay too like that we're only able to deal with what we're able to deal with at any given moment. Like we're, it's not like we're able to go all the way to the center of it right away. Like it's like, you said, in the quote, again, you talked about peeling back the layers. And I think that's it. Like maybe over the years you continue to do the work, but it's easy to get complacent. So I guess that's the point I'm trying to make in the book too, is like, it keeps going.
1: It has to keep going It has to keep going. And then. You know, new people, new relationships come into our life, new friends to continue to sharpen sharpen us because iron sharpens iron. Right. And then, um, Mm -hmm. you know, I don't think we are here to be complacent. We're not here to be comfortable you know, um, especially as like householders, too. (laughs) You know, I I didn't take the the vow of the monastery and and to live uh, away from society. So I'm here to do the work and I I need to show up to to help others. Right. But I got to help myself first. And you know, that's what I mean, it's all about. I people. mean,
0: say that Say that again. Like, I want you to say that again. Like, you didn't take a vow. You are in the world. And like, I, I don't know about all the people listening, but I'm imagining 99% of them are also in the world and not monks. And I feel like a lot of the ways we're teaching and practicing yoga is monastic. We're looking at a monastic tradition right. and applying it directly to our lives when that's not
1: the, yeah, our experience. That is not our experience. And then what that does is... Um, it causes us to be in this box, right? And then you'll just continually be disappointed with yourself because you cannot you can't apply that to yeah. everyday living in society. Right. You know, we 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 are gonna be upset, we are gonna, you know, have disappointment, people are still going to hurt us, we're still, you know, we're still gonna feel those things. Um, I just thank God that I have my practice to kind of soften the blow. I know how to recover. Mm-hmm. I can, I can come back. Oh. I can stand on my feet, um, you know, and, um, and do the work, do the work to be able to show back up again.
0: Well, and, and also I think the practice for a, a householder, someone who's living in the world actually looks different than a monk. And, and the main way that it's different is around service, which is one thing you talk about a lot. and, you say it clearly, also, again, going back to this quote, which, by the way, this quote to me is just incredible. I mean, I, I don't know if you realize how amazing you are.
1: I, was like, I, write that?
0: I mean, you just touch on so many of the topics that I cover in the whole book. Like this quote really, like, to me, just kind of sings, you know, the whole thing comes through. But you talk about how at the end of the quote you say, Um, I discovered a deep well of passion to serve and compassion for people as my rigid and limited mental programming became more flexible and expansive with empathy, understanding, patience, and oneness. Well, it goes on, but I'll just stop there because I feel like that is so amazing and important What you're saying that basically as you did that work, right? Like you did the work and you connected more with compassion in, you know, for others, through that, by working on yourself. Like that that relationship, I guess, is what I'm trying yeah. to get at. As a householder, practicing yoga, our work isn't simply only inside. It's not all interior. It's also about how it shows up in the world. How do we serve others? How, how do we love them? You know, And that's what compassion is for me. Right.
1: Yeah. But you know, Jivna, um, that love had to be for myself first. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. and through conditioning, whether it was what I saw on TV, or heard through friends. Um, but my view was, no, love is something external. It's like what you, you know, give to someone else is what you're giving to someone else or what you want someone to give back to you. That internal love or the love for self was not, you know, a priority. Maybe I, maybe I didn't even know how to do it. I I had never seen any examples of it right in my household or, um, you know, in my family, so um, the f- actual physical practice of yoga was like a breaking into me. Like I had to like chop through these different layers of concrete mm-hmm. to get to the ooey gooey inside. Mm-hmm. That felt so good, but it hurt so bad as well. You know? Yeah. I don- <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was like, oh my gosh, this is like so amazing. It's so warm in here. It's so, And that was the love that have been under all of the layers of debris and trauma. And when I finally got in, it was like, this is what I've been looking for. This is what I've been waiting for. And who knew it It was always here. It was always here underneath all of the the layers that I didn't know I even had.
0: And I just, I also wanted to step back and say that I think it can be really helpful to have support. So like if if people are going through that, if people feel like they're blocked in some way and they have these issues and they don't know what to do, it probably is not enough just to go to yoga. You got to find a therapist or a yoga therapist or someone who can really give you some professional guidance. So I don't want to, I I guess I just want to say that people really need to reach out um, and get support if they are trying to do that work right now. Because that's a lot. I
1: agree because it's a lot, it's a lot. And, um, it, at the time it was just me, <laughs> honestly, at the time, it was just me discovering all these things about myself. And, um, you know, I, even in, uh, you know, my yoga, um, journey looking out for people of color, like people who look like me who were doing the same work was I'm just looking around. I had one other Black woman in my teacher training and we just seemed to be on different paths. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I would say the same path, a path, the healing path, the journey, but we were at different places on it. So the way I was internalizing and, and, and understanding things was different for her. So our conversation could only go so far. It was limited. So I had to continue doing the work. Um, and that just goes to speak to um, a people of color who are practicing yoga and need support. Mm-hmm. Like, hello, I'm here. Yeah, you're here. You, <laughs> so,
0: you're here. People yes. can reach out to you. Well,
1: I'm, I, that's what I'm doing. That's why I, I, I make myself open and available and put myself out there because when I was doing the work 11 years ago, it was just me, right? And um, it was hard. It was, yeah. it was hard, and it was tough. And at the end of that. I realized, you know, I'm in a broken marriage. Like, you know, you start looking around and like, wow, all of this stuff I've been putting up with or dealing with, or, you know, thinking that, no, this is how it is. When my practice gave me more self-assurance, self-love, self-confidence that I could turn and say, I want to be treated better. I deserve this. I feel like, you know, um, I am worthy of something more. I have a new vision of how I want to live and be treated and things yeah. like that. So I mean it's to say I got divorced and you know, yeah. The the rest of history I had to learn how to live all over again. It just gave me a whole different perspective on life and on how I felt for myself and began to show up in ways that demanded respect mm-hmm. and, you know, um show my my worth worthiness Mm
0: -hmm. that's awesome wow it's so amazing to me the way that spiritual practices can support us i think if we find the right practice and and the right balance of practice and the right support like the right teachers and therapists and stuff but i think it can be like if you feel like you're um i don't know if you've withdrawn from the world, if you feel really protected, protective, and kind of shut down, I think the teachings can really expand the world. On the other hand, if you feel like you're giving too much, if you're overly, like, overly, I don't know what's the word is too generous, like you don't have boundaries. Boundaries. That, I think the practice can show us that, right? right? It can show us boundaries. Mm-hmm. But I'm just saying, I think it's balancing. Like to me, to me, a successful yoga or spiritual practice is balancing us out. You know, it's not one or the other. It really depends on us individually and what we need. And especially if you have trauma, if you have um, a marginalized identity, like for a person of color or a queer person or trans person, whatever it is, like you then have a special situation and you need to find support. Like you said, like that can be so amazing. And like like traditional spiritual practice might not be it. You might have to find like a special community.
1: Absolutely, yeah. And um you know and I also agree with the therapeutic side of it as well it's it's good to get professional um, help as far as uh, someone uh,
0: yeah.
1: counseling therapy and things like that because um, I uh, am a person who will vacillate like, Oh, I'm in therapy again, and you know, and then I'm out <laughs> and living too, life on yeah. my own. Yeah, me too. Yeah, and it's like, okay, yeah. let's let's go back and get some therapy. So these are things that these are my tools. These are my tools in my toolbox, and especially now yeah. at this change of season, you know, um, I have been diagnosed with a seasonal affective disorder. Um, I also mm-hmm. have suffered with um, um, anxiety attacks and things like that where the doctor wanted to uh, put me on medication. And there was a time that I was on medication. Anytime the season changed into fall, I would have to do mm-hmm. something, right? Um, mm-hmm. But my practice gave me more tools where I could you know, go without having to take a medication because my practice stepped in in certain ways that um, mm-hmm. was able to you know, keep me uplifted as far as, you know, emotions. But, you know, medication's
0: okay too. Cause I just want to say there's a lot of medication yeah. shaming within the yoga world. And it's like, nope, you know what I mean? It whatever whatever works, like whatever can get you through.
1: Exactly. Right?
0: Use all the tools you got. Um I went so after my anxiety attack, actually it's now it's been about four years, um, I I started going to well, I was in family therapy already. And then I started going to yoga therapist, uh, my friend, Sherry Clampett, who lives here in town. And it was transformative because Mm -hmm. I had, I thought I was this great expert teacher, right? I thought I was so amazing. And to like, basically be a student again, it was just like starting over. It was incredible. I learned so much from her. Like I said, even though I've been doing yoga for almost my whole life, it was just like, I didn't know what I was doing. You know what I mean?
1: (laughs) I was stuck in
0: a way. And it's like, I needed to just like soften. And she just showed me this other way to practice we did mostly restorative which is not a practice that i am drawn to at all like i'm a very active person so yeah. restorative to me was like my like worst nightmare and um <laughs> it was incredible she's just she's really powerful amazing teacher so
1: isn't it funny how you know at different stages of life different parts of the practice you know are more up front and that yeah. one that you were doing for five ten years kind of steps to the back the foreground exactly. and this new one steps up. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's the beauty of it. And, um, I'm really excited, um, because this is a, a lifelong learning, you know, it's not, a, you take a course, you read a book and you got it and that's the thing and you do it and you yeah. work it. No, it's like, okay, I'm at this level in, in my life. And, I've been working these particular tools and now maybe those tools no longer provide Mm -hmm. what is needed. Mm -hmm. So we reach out and we go back to our our practice and we get new tools, you know, whether it's resources like your book, um, you know, friends, new friends. Uh, We look for a a, a teacher and and we take those new tools and we we, um, carve out the next Mm-hmm. version of ourself you know which is getting to the the true essence of, of who we really are because really that's all I'm trying mm-hmm. to do is just continue to be my authentic self
0: right and then you say so that you can be of service to humanity and maybe you could talk about that like what does your service look like these days or how does it feel
1: yeah um so now I'm primarily just teaching in the juvenile detention centers um you know post, Since COVID has happened. Um, But my uh, primary uh, community of the service uh, that I, the people that I serve now are um, all uh, juveniles who are incarcerated at level five, level four. Um, So that's like maximum security. Um, Mm -hmm. And these are primarily um, people of color, these are, you know, like children of color. Who uh, are, are coming from um, communities that don't have the support um, as far as like in their household, maybe um, you know parents and things like that. So it, it's it's I connect with um, this community on so many levels, right? And I think that what is what allows me to be able to um, hold space. For for them, um, because I know I've been I've been there. Like yeah. I've, I've I know why you just had that outburst when we were in you know a pigeon pose. I you know what I mean. I know why you can't keep still when it's time to meditate. Like I've been there. I you know I've had the experience, so you know I'm able to um, show up for them in in ways yeah. that allow them to um, to see you know, these, um, these responses and start to connect the dots for their self. That's but awesome. also awesome. I, I, I'm able to show up in a way that I'm not attached to the outcome. Um, cause that's extremely important. Yeah. And when I first started teaching in the juvenile detention centers, I was a new teacher. I had not had trauma training yet. I I was in YTT and for a year after YTT, I was primarily teaching at um, country clubs and the the high-end fitness gyms and, you know, in yoga studios. So when I was asked to um, volunteer at the Juvenile Detention Center, it was right up my alley because I wanted to be of service that's why I became a teacher, to mm-hmm. come out and teach people who look like me, who have been through similar experiences and traumas as me. Um, so I showed up, but uh, I had my curriculum, you know, my piece of paper and, you know, uh-huh. and when when things didn't go according to the plan, I didn't know how to respond. I didn't know how to, you know, hold space and, and act. So, mm-hmm. um, and I would go home feeling like, wow, that. You know, I, I don't feel like I was of service or what I did was uh, meaningful or made any impact, But as I continued to learn and went through uh, more trainings, I was able to take that hands off approach like this is the work. this is what's yeah. happening. All of this is part of the work and the experience mm. and the learning. And all I'm doing is planting seeds um for these young people. if they choose to, take yoga on as a part of their daily practice. Great. If not, it might show up five years from now. It might show up 10 years from now. But what I tell these um, mostly young men is God forbid you end up going to a another facility or a maximum uh, adult facility. Like maybe you'll come back to this. Like There's something that lady told me about how to, Hmm. you know, uh, calm myself, Hmm. you know, and things like that. Um, I share with them often this story of uh, I was teaching at an adult prison and there was a gentleman who had been coming to the class and I didn't see him for a while. When he came back, he said that he was in the hole, Hmm. which is 24 hours of no contact. You're in, you know, a, uh, very small cell, uh, in dark darkness. They send you your tray through a slot, your tray of food or whatever. He said he was in there for three months. And he said, oh, if I God. didn't have a yoga practice, if I didn't have these things that, you know, I learned here, I would have committed suicide. Hmm. And, you know, he said it in front of the whole class and wow. it was, you know, yeah, it was very powerful. That's
0: incredible.
1: And yeah, these are the little things that just come up. That's
0: not a little thing. That's a huge thing. That's yes. amazing what you've done. Amazing right. You've done.
1: But the, these are the things that let you know, like, okay, there is impact. theres There, is, there yeah. It is effective. It is helping people. But, you know, you right. got to have a hands-off approach. Do your work. Show up authentically. And let spirit do the rest.
0: Mm. Wow. Thanks for saying that, Amina anything else we should probably end here i just i wanted to um i wanted to say that you you know you do offer training um with pam pam eggleston um retreat to spirit mentorship hopefully you'll do it again next year through the accessible yoga training school Um, yeah yeah um and uh we'll put your website so people can find out more about your work um you know they can learn more from you because that was incredible. What a great, um, interview. Thanks so much for sharing all that. I I really, really appreciate it.
1: Yeah. Thank you. I just, I just hope it's, um, helpful and impactful for others. Um, I know that, you know, I haven't lived on this earth for this amount of time and been through the things that I've been through just for me. I know Mm. that now. And, Mm. um, you know, whenever I can share and, um, allow my life to be, you know, an open book for someone else to learn from. So maybe, you know, there can be liberation, um, Mm. for others. I'm, I'm all for it, but yeah, thanks for mentioning my business partner, Pamela Stokes Eggleston. We have retreat spirit, which is another, uh, arm of what I actually do, um, for, Mm. Um, yoga teachers people who are you know in uh, health and wellness or just wanting to feel good you know and um, show up authentically for life because it's it's not easy and um, (laughs) I think it was designed not to be easy (laughs) so we can keep on growing so that's that's another part of the work that I do
0: awesome all right thanks so much Amina So
1: much thanks for having me
0: all right thanks bye Thanks so much for listening and joining the conversation. Yoga is truly a revolutionary practice. Thanks for being here. If you haven't already, I would love for you to read my book, Yoga Revolution, Building a Practice of Courage and Compassion. It's available wherever books are sold. Also, you can check out my website, jivanahaman.com. There's some pre classes on there and a meditation. And you can find out more about my upcoming trainings and other programs. Hope to see you next time. Thanks. Bye.